Well, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Real Life. I'm Lisa, and today we are going to be talking about our identity. This podcast is not intended to replace therapy, counseling, or seeing a psychiatrist. All information is researched and opinions are my own. I am a mental health inpatient registered nurse and professional content developer. So let's talk about our identity. How more interested can we be than talking about ourselves in our our identity? Asking ourselves, who, who are you? What do you stand for? What do you want out of life? What do you want to be known for? Today, I'm getting into a pretty big and somewhat philosophical topic because I'm talking about identity. However, this isn't going to be just some random theoretical discussion that will make your head explode. Instead, I'm going to be exploring how mental health challenges can impact on our sense of identity and looking at how you can integrate your experiences into your way of being so you can live as authentically as possible. So let's get started. Let's define identity and mental health. Identity is about how you define yourself and how your different characteristics add up to create your overall perception of yourself. We've been fascinated about our own ability to think for millennia. And the 17th century French philosopher René Descartes summed it up beautifully when he wrote, I think... Therefore, I am. What you think about yourself is an enormous part of your identity, and we have the ability to shape our lives for the better by taking the time to understand who we really are as individuals and then make decisions that allow us to live authentically. In fact, our identity plays a huge role in our mental health because it's about our ability to both understand who we are and how satisfied we are with who we are. Our identity is both internal and external. It's just as influenced by our core values and beliefs as it is by social and cultural constructs, which may not always be in complete alignment with who we think we should be or who we want to be. Pretty much all of mental health comes back to identity in some shape or form, self-conception, self esteem, self-belief, 
self-actualization, and social identity are all terms that you'll come across throughout pretty much every school of psychological thought. Over the years, many researchers have theorized that injuries to our self-worth or identity may actually serve as signs of mental health issues, which opens up a whole chicken or egg discussion that I think I'll avoid here completely. Suffice it to say, what you think about yourself and your place in the world will have a direct impact on how you experience this thing we call life. Being able to identify and challenge those things that threaten our sense of who we are and how we fit into the world is what matters most because what is what allows us to live truthfully. Mental illness can negatively impact on your identity, both due to internal and external factors like self-belief and self-confidence, as well as stigma and shame. But if it's part of your reality, then the challenge is to learn how to integrate it into your identity. Life is about the good, the bad, and the ugly, not just the happy, shiny stuff. So we have this extra challenge of needing to find ways to accept what's happening without letting it take complete control over us. And I'll talk through some how-to points on that in a little bit. So, you are not just one thing, which means if you're dealing with mental health issues, you are not your condition. Your condition is one aspect of your life experience and something to learn from. Mental illness can actually be a catalyst for us to examine our lives and our identities closely and to figure out what really matters so that we can make changes where we need to. And so in that respect, it can have a silver lining. I mean, I'm sure that if we were given a choice in the matter, most of us uh, would choose not to have to deal with mental health issues. But the reality is that if you have a condition like anxiety or depression, then you need to find a way to adapt. Otherwise, you'll spend the rest of your life fighting a battle you can never win. So um, major events in our lives can trigger an identity crisis. Uh Let me just make a comment about identity crisis um, and what's going on. First of all, it is what it is. Saying because some people can use it in a negative or derogatory context. And if you've seen the recent Jerry Seinfeld stand-up special on Netflix, you'll know he had a particularly strong reaction to it. It is what it is. is isn't about just putting up your hands and giving up or a means of just telling yourself, 
or someone else to shut up and get on with it, even though it's often used that way. It's actually about acceptance, i.e. accepting that things are as they are and the past cannot be changed. So no amount of wishing will change the current reality. And so therefore we only ever have three choices from what I see for what we do from here. And that is one, accept things exactly as they are Two, change things. If we have the power to change them and we can only ever change those things we have direct control over, which is our words, our actions and our feelings. And, uh, the number three, uh, to let go. For example, I have anxiety. And so I've had to learn how to integrate that reality into my identity so that I can make life decisions that are in my best interest. That means I've had to make changes in lots of different aspects of my life, such as finding ways to explain what I experience to people and asking for their support when I need it. That doesn't mean I am giving into the anxiety, but it does mean that I'm adapting to its impacts on my day-to-day -day life at the same time as I'm continuing to work on longer-term strategies like mindfulness and gratitude, which I have a podcast on, and uh, also practice uh, that are working to reduce my anxiety over time. Uh, so part of the challenge around self-identity and mental health is that we have this social pressure to be normal, but there is no normal. We're all individuals and we each experience this life in our own unique way. And every single person has value and something positive to contribute to the world. So if you're dealing with mental health challenges, then maybe... That's just part of your story, part of your journey. And it's up to you to work out how to harness it to produce something positive, no matter how small. Remember just how many people are dealing with mental health challenges. One in four or one in five are experiencing a mental illness each year, depending on which country you live in. And 45% of us will experience one at some point in our lives. And those numbers are expected to increase due to the economic, social, and health impacts of COVID-19. So you have absolutely nothing to be ashamed of, and you're not alone if you're dealing with mental health challenges. And with all of that in mind, let's get into the how-to part of this podcast episode. And that is how to work through your identity and mental health. Identity is a really personal thing. So I'm not going to give you step-by-step -step actions to follow, but more of a view, general things to consider about identity and how it relates to your mental health and well-being. First, be absolutely clear about who you are and what makes you, you. 
I talk about self-awareness and reflection a lot and for good reason, because your mental health is directly related to everything that goes on inside your head. So it's important to have real clarity around who you are, especially when your mind might not, well, might be trying to convince you of things about yourself that just aren't true because it's a tricky little bugger and it will do that sometimes. So know your strengths and build on them and know the things that are your development opportunities and either address them if they're in your control, accept them as they are, or let them go. Next, be flexible and willing to grow. Remember that you are never the same you that you were yesterday, nor will you be the same you tomorrow. We all change and we all grow. So be flexible about adapting your sense of identity in order to make the most out of all of the opportunities that life presents us along the way. And if that means you have to let go of old beliefs, that no longer serve you, do so with grace and be grateful that you're a human being who is capable of free thought and the ability to grow. Third thing, know who you are and who you are not. Sometimes being completely in touch with what you don't like or what doesn't serve you can be just as important as knowing what you do like because it can help you to then make life decisions that are in your best long-term interest. And then there is no right type of personality. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, or an introverted extrovert, or whatever, really doesn't matter. What matters is what kind of person you are. Do you treat others and yourself with kindness? Do you focus on doing no harm to others or to yourself? Do you respect everybody's right to be equal and the right to equality and the freedom to live their life however they like, provided it does no harm. That is what matters. So what's important for all of us when we think about identity is to get back to basics, build and maintain a clear sense of identity around the core principles of kindness to yourself and to others, non-judgment and acceptance of yourself and of others. It doesn't harm anyone. You do what you do and let others do what they do. Also, set realistic, realistic expectations for yourself and others. Do you need to have the perfect life? Do you need 3 million followers on Instagram to be happy? No. I think that for each of us, having a clear sense of identity 
really knowing who we are and who we aren't, and then making better life decisions accordingly are the keys to greater satisfaction. Because when you do what you begin to make choices that are less about making your bank balance bigger and more about making your soul sing, which is such a nicer way to live. You also want to choose your mindset. You can't just choose to be happy, but you can choose to look for the positives and be optimistic that even when you feel bad, things can and will get better. Does that make sense? I have days when I wake up feeling anxious or just downright depressed, and no amount of telling me to snap out of it is ever going to do anything other than piss me off. However, I know that no feeling lasts forever. And so knowing that I have these days sometimes and that it's just one part of my life experience rather than being my entire identity gives me the the context that I need and gives me the ability to put one foot in front of the other without getting sunk down into the negative stuff. And then... Don't let your identity be controlled by what others think of you. If we were all the same, this would be the most boring world to live in. This point kind of comes back to those earlier ones about normal and perfection. No matter who you are and what you do, there's always going to be someone who doesn't like you. Right? So, let's talk about dealing with an identity crisis. An identity crisis can happen when you find yourself questioning who you are and even maybe what you're doing with your life, or you might be questioning your values and beliefs. It can be really confronting and confusing to deal with especially the longer it goes on for. And it can often be triggered by major events like grief or loss, aging, losing your job, or other big changes in your life. I am not embarrassed to admit that I went through an identity crisis when I was like 30 years old. Um, I needed to take some time out to deal with everything that was going on at, uh, just in my life and in the world. And after my dog died, I, I started questioning everything that I was doing. And I nearly walked away from getting my master's degree. But even though I loved education in what I was doing. And it felt really rewarding, especially whenever I had a student reach out to me to tell me about the positive impact that I've had on them. The thing is that when we're dealing with a crisis or a traumatic event, it can make us question absolutely everything. 
which I certainly did. And the challenge becomes tempering any desire to make changes until you've had plenty of time for, for the dust to settle so that you can make rational decisions. For me, once I was feeling more rational, I very quickly realized that it wasn't a case of my heart not being in it for this work that I had been doing. Uh, it just, uh, I'm completely relieved that I didn't make any rash or sudden decisions because this work actually helps me just as much as it helps those who enjoy um, my guidance. And that's a part of my identity that I'm enormously grateful for. So if you ever find yourself facing an identity crisis, a few things I would highly recommend you do are Take time out to reflect on what you're feeling and why without making any sudden changes. If you're thinking of making changes, make a list of the things you're feeling as well as what changes you're thinking about making and write down the pros and cons of any potential changes. Then leave it for a day or two, then come back to it and do it again. Do this two or three times over the space of a week or two and see if your thinking has changed at all before you even consider proceeding. I did this with a few things and I found that once I had gotten to the second and third round, my thinking was less emotional and more rational, which resulted in very different perspectives, obviously because I went and got my master's degree, and I'm feeling very satisfied with that decision that I made. Try something new instead of making massive changes. The risk with knee-jerk reactions is that we can end up throwing away things in our lives without giving them serious consideration first. So instead of just suddenly changing, why not try something new for a bit and see if that helps to inspire you? Take up a new hobby, make a new friend, join a group, do something volunteering. My grandmother often used to say, a change is as good as a vacation. And sometimes it can be exactly what we need to just let in some fresh air so we can breathe a bit more clearly. And also consider what grounds you look at and look at how you can incorporate more of that into your life to help tackle the things that you might be finding challenging or that you're feeling less enthusiastic about. And then talk to someone, chatting with a friend or loved one or speaking to a counselor or therapist can make things much clearer and often it's a case of getting things off your chest in order to help you process how you're really feeling. So when it comes to identity, what it all boils down to is this. You are not your condition or conditions. It is simply part of your life experience, not your 
entire identity. Your identity is all you have. Every favorite song and bad joke and questionable hairstyle decision. You're never just one thing. You're also a person, someone's child, someone's sibling, someone's cousin, someone's niece or nephew, someone's friend, someone's partner, someone's parent, someone's pet parent, someone's neighbor. You're that person who likes to write or read or sing or dance or share your passion for obscure 1980s memorabilia or knit or paint or a thousand different things that combine together to make you the unique person that you are. Your condition is just one tiny aspect of you. It doesn't define you and it certainly does not control you. Know who you are and be you, all of you, not just the part of you that has some mental health challenges to deal with. You are whatever you believe you are. So choose to believe in the positive and in the limitless potential inside of you and in the authenticity that comes by being completely true to yourself. This is Real Life. I'm Lisa. Stay well.